Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Today is our uh, Family Day service here at Life and we need you to know that we love family. And I don't mean just the concept or the romantic idealism of family. I mean family in its totality. We love family, we celebrate our family, we believe in family and we understand that families in today's society come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, that all families are different. We've got single parent families, we've got blended families, there are families that have adopted children and then there's God's family. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but the church is likened to as a family. And I think it's interesting that it doesn't say the church is like an organisation. It's not like the parents and friends committee that we find at the school. It doesn't say that the church is like a club, you know, like the Lions or the Rotary Club and all great um, opportunities and great things. But the church is not a club. And the church is not an institution. The church is not like university or government that are all bound around a certain idealism. The church is in fact a family. Rick Warren says this, that church isn't a place you go to, it's a family you belong to. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, that now you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you are fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household. In other words, if we are believers, we belong to Christ and therefore we belong to His family. And just like our natural family, we have rights and responsibilities as being members of our natural family. So too, when it comes to our spiritual family, we have rights and we have responsibilities. Responsibilities and such like my kids and our family, we've all got chores, we've all got jobs. There's things that we do as being uh, responsibilities, as being part and members of the rainbow family. We have responsibilities in being caring and concerned for one another. It's not like if something happens to one of my family members, I just go, well, bad luck sucks to be you. It's like, no, we have a responsibility uh, towards one another. And we also have rights as being a member of the Rainbow family. My kids know that what's in the fridge, what's in the cupboard, it's ours. I may have gone to the shops and purchased it. I may have earned the money that I've given them to go and purchase, but it's ours. It's a right of being part of the family. And it's exactly the same when it comes to the church. And just like you and I didn't choose our natural family, We don't choose our spiritual family. In fact, the Scripture goes on to say in Psalms that God places the lonely in families. And I'm a big believer that God has brought His family together, that He places people in the local church, the family that we belong to. And so this morning, we wanna take a moment to be able to talk about the family of God on our Family Day service. And I've been joined on the couch here by some of my spiritual family. And a lot of these guys, in fact, all of these guys and girls, I would consider my spiritual sons and daughters. They've been here along the journey, different uh, times and lengths of times. But I honestly uh, look at each and every one of them as being uh, my kids that God's entrusted to me as part of my spiritual family. And so we're gonna talk about some of our experience in being part of the family of God. And what I'm gonna do, guys, is actually we'll start 
on my right and we'll uh, get you to introduce yourself to everyone, maybe tell them who you are, how old you are maybe, I don't know, if you're looking for a partner or so, I don't know, something. Um, and maybe how long you've been coming to life. So maybe we'll start with you, Dan, because you're not looking good. for a partner. On this side of the couch, we're all good on the partner side of it. But <laughs> uh, my name is Dan uh, and I'm 26 and uh, it's great to see you guys this morning at our family day service. Uh, I've been coming to life for uh, 10 years now, which has been incredible. I'm married to Ashari, who was performed that skit amazingly. And as you can see, is pregnant, which I'm super excited about because we're going to be having a baby in January. Amazing. My name's Georgie, I'm 28, and um, I've been coming to life since I was uh, in year nine. And Paul and I were actually talking, I'm pretty sure we came on the same day. Um, 13 years ago, I think this week, so yeah, this week, it's big. But yeah, we've been here for a long time. Um, My name's Crystal, I've recently turned 30, so joining the 30s club, woo! Um, I have been coming to life since I was four years old, so I'm celebrating my 26th year here at Life Adelaide. So I'm Paul and Georgie stole my story. So um, I've been here for 13 years. I actually came a week before my 21st birthday, which if you're good at maths, means I am 33, turning 34 next week. So there you go. Awesome. Well, I want to start by asking you all um, what you've loved most about being part of the Life family. So maybe we'll start with Paul. Um, yeah, for me, it's definitely relationships and friendships. Um, I really came in with um, not a lot of Christian friends, and the friendship I received when I walked into this place was something like I'd never felt before. Um, it was just warm, and it was community, um, and that was something I definitely, um, yeah, appreciated about it. But the other thing, the big major thing for me was um, the church provided me with a mission um, and a purpose. So. Through the church, I've actually um, found what I'm gifted at and I've been grafted into a community and an organisation where I can actually help and partner with people to just have an impact for Christ in um, the kingdom. So that's it, yeah. Um, Mine's also the relationships that I've built. Um, There's family here, um, biological and spiritual, that I've just loved being a part of. It's coming over for family dinners at different people's houses. It's all of those aspects. So um, very much relationships, some incredible friendships that I've had since I was attending youth ministry as a teenager that I still have today, which is an incredible message of this house of, I think, the longevity and the legacy that we have here. Yes. I'm the same, the relationships along the way and the friendships as well. Um, And also just the people investing in me and spending time with me, leading me, encouraging me, um, and some really ridiculous fun memories as well along the way. But yeah, definitely the best part is the people. I think in very similar vein, but I think for me, it's, it's hearing the stories of so many people. I think when it comes to the church family, uh, you get connected with so many that you potentially would never have met before. And the thing I love is hearing the stories and the testimony of God's goodness. And it's incredible to me throughout my life how much I've learned, not through me having to necessarily go through it, but just me listening to what other people have walked through and how they've trusted God. And so for me, it's been the relationships, yes, but the stories behind those as well and what led them to that moment. Awesome. Surely meeting your wife, Dan, here at Life was... Yeah, that would have been it too. I mean, uh, just, me and my safe, incredible wife... Uh, just a question that... <laughs> you know, that was it. I love a shari, so... <laughs> we all love a shari, Dan. 
Okay, now we have a demonstration. This is what happens with family when kids like argy-bargy. All right, and mum steps in and says, okay, settle down. All right. You know, I believe that godly parents don't simply raise their children. We raise them right, which is uh, biblical in a way that's biblical and pleasing to Christ. And so, Crystal, maybe... This, is there something you have recognised that you've had growing up in a church community that you would say by looking at friends or acquaintances isn't normal for their backgrounds? We want to speak into that. Yeah, I think like being in church and growing up in church, I've had so many people invested into um, not only being me, but the best version of me and wanting to see me thrive in life and help me find my God-given shape. And so that's very unique to all of us. And so I've got so many people in my world that have um, come alongside and have journeyed with me for, for years that are like, hey, this is, this is where we can um, uh, see you. This is where we see the best version of you and a really healthy version of Crystal, which you don't get in workplaces or in, in, in universities or schools and things like that, I've, but I've definitely experienced that at church and realised how abnormal, but how appreciative I am for it. Yeah. And Dan, what about you? Yeah, I think for me, uh, the bit that I've learned is how to have hope in hopeless situations, yeah. I think. I think when you look at uh, a lot of my friends, and even to this day, uh, growing up, they're, when they're in a, a hopeless situation, they have nothing to hold on to, and yet when, as part of the church community, you realise that not only do you have Jesus as your hope, yeah. yes, but people come alongside of you and yeah. inject hope into your situation as well, um, and that's what I think family and community is all about, right? It's right. going, hey, it's not just, just doing life, it's going, no, no, hey, in the tough times, we're going to come alongside and help you see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, help cool. you remind you of God's goodness, help you remind you of His promises, uh, and I think that is an incredible, important part of the church family and the church community that can sometimes be yeah. missing uh, out in the world. Great. Wonderful. And also, I just want to stress too that I know that there are all sorts of family situations and dynamics just even represented in this yeah. room and online. And this isn't about bringing condemnation. Yeah. This isn't about making anybody feel bad for the, maybe the situation or circumstances in which you are presently in. This yeah. is about offering the hope that yeah. Dan's just shared about and just yeah. saying, hey, you're not alone. Yeah. And this is what, these are our experiences. This is what we've learned. This is what God has done for us. And if he's done it for us, he can do it for you. And if you are struggling, I just want to say from the outset that you're in the right place because family comes alongside family and just supports and encourages and loves. And so I just, as you were sharing, Dan, just felt that and just thought, I don't want people beating themselves up just to say, you know what? I want to be able to learn and move forward. And today can be a new day and we move um, forward from that. And um, I was reading a story as I was prepping for this about a Sunday school teacher who asked children, like, why do you love God? So it was one of those things and all these kids gave all these answers and they all had said, but one of the answers that really stood out to me is one young man answered, well, I guess it just runs in my family. And I thought, you know what? I'm sure that there are ways that we as parents have done things that, and, and what we've done in our faith journey that has affected our kids walk with Jesus. And so maybe, Dan, you could speak into that, something that maybe how your parents yeah. did life and how it's affected your journey with Christ. Yeah. I mean, I, I was um, I'm blessed and, and privileged enough to have grown up in a Christian household. Um, my parents uh, did an amazing job uh, raising me, and I'm so grateful for them. But the one thing I remember always, and the one thing I would say uh, as my one sentence would be, hey, parents, um, publicly outlive your faith at home. Yeah. 
Um, what I mean by that is every morning I would wake up and I know exactly where my dad would be. I would hear him every morning in his study praying out loud. Um, and I would hear him praying, right? And um, as I started to get older and think about it, I was like, man, he didn't have to pray out loud, right? Because you can pray to yourself and you can pray and God can hear you. Um, but as I began to ask that question, he's like, no, I wanted to set the example for the house as well and let, them, let you guys know as you're growing up that it's not just a, a, a private thing. It's, it's no, as, a, as a household, we're going to publicly outlive our faith and show you guys what it means to actually live a life with Jesus as well. And so that's what I would encourage any parent that I found incredibly helpful is that it was never a question for me because I knew every morning where my dad was, no one else was around. Even when others weren't awake, he was always the one up in the study, praying out loud, worshiping, reading his Bible. And for me, that spoke more than anything else in my entire life. Now, Georgie, I know you have a different background. I'd love you to speak into that for us, please. Um, yeah, my parents aren't here at life um, and haven't really shared faith with me, but I do have so many examples of parents that I've found at church, so um, who have literally taken me into their homes, given me places to stay, given me meals, given me encouragement, invested in me, led me, um, just demonstrated what godly family looks like to me. And it's been invaluable. I just can't even put words around it sometimes, how lucky I am to have found a place like this that I can be raised up in a a way that I never would have outside of a church. Um, So yeah, I'm so indebted to the wonderful people I've found along the way um, in this place who have seen more in me than I could have seen in myself sometimes and also seen a future for me, um, instilled in me an unshakable sense of purpose. This is what we do. This is who we are. This is who you are and taught me so much about myself and also the church globally and what, um, what it means to be in a godly family. Awesome. And actually, I'm going to throw to you, Paul, because I also know your background was different, but how did that reflect on your faith journey? Yeah, so my background is I was brought up in um, a denomination, a different denomination um, through schooling, um, went through that. Um, We never really attended church. It was a little bit more of a traditionalism thing um, within the community I was brought up in. Um, So for me, um, my actual, my parents' faith journey, and this, and I do believe they're still on the faith journey, uh, was a lot of disconnection. We weren't attending church. Um, there was a lot of apathy around faith. Um, it was more something you did to check a box. Um, so for me, um, that kind of led me to a point at a certain point in my life where I actually disconnected from faith. Um, I didn't see a purpose for it. I didn't see Um, It is interesting. It wasn't intriguing me. Um, So it was actually a lot like Georgie's story. Um, When I actually came across people in my life who lived an active faith, which I thought we had the same faith, but then I saw that in practice, that was actually what inspired me to actually pursue faith. Um, So, yeah, like a lot like Georgie, um, I've got so many spiritual parents in this place. Um, I've definitely got, um, yeah, uh, it's definitely helped me ignite that flame. So I'd say like, yeah, if you've come from that um, experience today, that there's something else here and there's something more here. So um, don't let your traditionalism or your idea of church maybe um, impact what's happening today in the church. Um, So, yeah, that's it. Awesome. 
So obviously how we live out our faith has an impact on those who are watching and following. And maybe Crystal should talk to us about something that maybe you didn't appreciate in terms of growing up in church, but now you look back and go, oh, actually, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure there's something. Oh, yeah, Crystal. Yes. Look, I like to get up to shenanigans as a kid. I was so creative and so sneaky and like I'm terrified of having children because they'll do that to me. And so like, it's, it, look, that's, that's my future, I know. <laughs> It'll be fine, we'll roll with it. Um, but growing up, like there's so many biblical lessons that you're getting taught and learn about that honestly you feel like, yeah, but I know that, but I know that, but I know that. But it set me up so well now. So like lessons about like giving and tithing has helped me create some really healthy financial habits. Um, there's things about volunteering and getting connected in that's taught me how to live outside of myself and not just for me, but for others. Um, I've got incredible foundations on how to build really solid friendships and discipleships and friendships and, and really healthy relationship tips um, for um uh, for times like that. So there's lessons that I feel like as a kid, you're like, but I know that, but I know that, but I know that. And uh, you're reminded again and again, but it's so um, instrumental as I've grown up to be like, oh, but I can do that and I can achieve that and I can live life freely and healthily because of some of those lessons that you're taught as a kid. Has anyone else got something that perhaps they're grateful for now that they might not have been in I, the early days? Yeah, I, I remember growing up, I, my parents were incredible and they lead a, a church in Canberra and I remember planning that church uh, and I remember hating planning that church. That makes me sound like a bad Christian, I know, but as a young teenage boy, I didn't quite understand it. But what I'm so grateful now growing up and realizing is the, my parents' faith journey in the midst of that and me looking back, I'm like, man, the amount of faith they had to move to somewhere where they knew no one to actually go and follow yeah. what they believe God had on their life. Um, and so I, in the moment, I didn't understand, but as I encountered more of life, I began to be like, oh, wow, their faith was outworking in a very real way, in a way that wasn't necessarily comfortable for them uh, and wasn't necessarily easy for them, but in a way that inspired me later on in my life yeah. to be like, man, I want to follow the call of God in my life, wherever that might lead me, whatever it takes in that as well. Yeah, I might, oh, I might jump in as well. Uh, for me, my the definite thing that I... Uh, I see now as a real blessing, but never saw at the time was accountability. So um, for me, people, uh, yeah, like I, I think it was also people's concerns and care for me. Um, the motivation behind that, I definitely at the time didn't understand coming from where I came from. I was very independent. Um, and I think accountability for me was people help holding me accountable to the things that I'd said that I wanted to do to them. Um, so although situations might change and circumstances might change, people were always more concerned about my future and loving me uh, by reminding me of some of the things that I'd said I wanted to do or said. So when, when my faith got low on those things and I started to change my narrative, people were really good at being like, Paul, but we had this conversation two weeks ago, two months ago, two years ago, you've told me this. You told me God told you this and you told me this was your passion and now you're telling me this. Um, they were really good at bringing that to me um, and holding me account to my own words. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that you can't change what you're doing, but it was always like, through journeying through with Christ, with a conversation, how can we change? Like, how does that change? So for me, 
Uh, at the time, I hated when people would remind me of the things that I said, but uh, it, it definitely has led me to a place now where I'm seeing some of those things unfold that I might have lost some faith in along the way. Good, very good. You know what, stats tell us that uh, young adults walk away from church after their teen years. So Georgie, that hasn't been the case for you. And maybe you could talk to us about what you've done that's helped navigate that and why are you still here? Um, Because people have kept me here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a lot of it is to do with the people I surrounded myself with and um, their unwillingness to let me slip through the cracks, which has been amazing. Um, Being in a connect group and having friends and knowing that even in the days where I didn't feel like going to church because there were days when I was, you know, transitioning, going through those, you know, teenage hormone days, um, there were times where I didn't feel like I wanted to go to church, but I did go because I knew that my spiritual parents would be here and they'd be asking where I was. <laughs> and my friends were here and I, it, the people that I can, surrounded myself with and connected with were here and I knew that this was where I needed to be. Um, also, I just, we talk about self-care a lot in our generation and I think I just knew that being in church was better for me yeah. and I felt right. better right. being here and it was something that I knew I needed to do to be the best version of myself. So Very that cool. kept me here as well because cool. I was looking around at what my other friends were doing and, um, you know, they would often wake up on a Sunday morning not feeling too great and I knew that being in church was a good move for me and it would make me feel good and it would set me up for a win. So that kept me here. Awesome. Crystal, what's held you through those transition years? Um, I think it's just knowing, like, I'm living a life outside of myself. I think, especially the generation that I'm in, it's a very entitled, self-focused one, which I think um, a self-focus isn't necessarily always a bad thing, but it can lead to bad things, I think. So for me, I think being part of church is knowing that I'm living in a community of people that are Um, It's so much bigger than me. And so I get benefited by being in this community, but I also know I'm a benefit to others by being a part of this community and actively being a part of it. So, yeah, I think that... Yeah. What about you, Paul? Um, Well, in my experience, um, because I didn't grow up in the church in my formative teenage years um, and experiencing what I experienced in some of the cold, cruel world that we could otherwise live in. Um, For me, what I have noticed in people that do walk away is a complacency for what we actually have um, as a church. Um, So for me, that was never really an issue because I'd experienced all that. Once I walked in the door, I kind of valued that. So I would just say to anyone who, you know, potentially is like, you know, imagining a life outside of of this experience and how that might like and and the positives of that. It's also just not being complacent with the things that you have. Um, So for me, that was uh, definitely a big thing. And I think the other thing for me was when I had issues and when I had problems, you got to speak up. So you got to voice up. So for me, um, I would, for, for better or worse, I'm a little bit of a guy that will tell people how I feel. So um, for me, when I had issues, I, was, I couldn't reserve that and keep that silent. Um, and a lot of the times I'd have an option A and an option B in my head of what the answer would be and people would present me with the godly option C. Um, so for me, 
which I hadn't considered. Which, uh, so for me, I think, um, yeah, definitely speaking up. If you've got issue, if you've got problems, if you're struggling with something, if you are struggling with that, you know, trust someone to tell them. Um, come to a leader, come to anyone, but speak. Don't just leave. Um, so for me, there's always revelation to be found in community and someone's always got more wisdom and people have been where you are as well. So just trust your community in that. Great. Great. That's awesome. Come on, I think we need to put our hands together for that. It's good. You know, there's a difference between uh, people who walk away from church and those of us who can be in church but actually still be far away. You know what I mean? So we can be here, but just because we're going through the motions doesn't mean that we're actually still passionate about God, passionate about things. It can be, as uh, Paul said, ticking the box. So maybe I'll just ask you, Dan, how have you stayed connected and committed to the church? And it's not just I come and tick a box. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the first part of my answer would be that uh, I stay I try and stay committed to the word and prayer first and not the church first, if that makes sense. Um, Because the Bible talks about how if you love Jesus, you'll love his bride, which is the church, right? Uh, And so often it's not actually me staying committed to the church. I often question how's my commitment to the word, to prayer, and my relationship with Jesus first. Um, Because often that relationship is outworked in my relationship with the church. Um, and so what I would say to anyone uh, going, man, how do, I, how do I stay committed in that? I would say don't focus on being committed in that. Be focused on being committed to Jesus and living a life that follows Him each and every day. Because then when you do that, it's outworked in that anyways. It's not, uh, it's, you've got to get it the right way around. Whereas sometimes if we make it about, I want to stay committed to church, um, we make it about the doing and we forget the reason why we're doing it in the first place. Um, and I, I have found in my life that when I go back to my why, it fuels me so much more for the what. And that is the most important part. And so uh, for those out there, I would say, hey, think about the last time you spent some time with Jesus by yourself. And, and when was it, right? And uh, go, when was the last time you opened the Word and said, man, I just want to feed and fuel myself with the Word of God. I want to spend some time in prayer and pray for those in my life who need help and actually do that stuff because then that builds your heart, builds your purpose, and as a result, you're committed to the church anyways. And so um, just identify what it actually is, not just a surface level issue. We hear Pastor Tony say it all the time, find the root. And I often find the root is in what I first see. It's the next question and the next question after that that leads me to it. So I would say stay committed to the Word, stay committed to prayer, stay committed to Jesus, and as a result, you will end up staying committed to the church. I think as well, yeah, thanks, Dan. I think um, growing up in church, we often come like our parents are driving us there or like your friends are there and you're hanging out and it becomes more part of the motions essentially. And I think when you can cross over from, I go because my family like literally makes me get out of bed, get dressed and go to church. And then I go to youth because my friends are there. And then I start transitioning to this moment. No, I go because I've got my own personal relationship with God. It's such a game changer. And so I think um, for myself in those moments where sometimes your own faith journey, you know, you're in some tough times or you're having some questions. For me, I don't let feelings dictate choices. So I don't go, do I feel like going to church and ask myself that question? 
I might know I'm going to church. That's something that I've already decided. My commitment will carry through with that because I want to be um, a, a woman that's um, true to a word and true um, to what I've committed myself to. So it's not, do I feel like going to church today? Or I've had a big week, do I want to go? It's more, hey, no, I'm going to go because I'm committed to go. I've got my own personal relationship sure. with Jesus. And like any relationships, you spend time with people. And so coming to church is part of how I spend time with God um, and His family too. I might just add as well, um, something that I've found really helps me with staying connected to church is serving because it really helps me shift the focus about, you know, church is for me and if I go, then I'm getting something out of it to like there's people in this building who need me to do things um, and I have a higher purpose, bigger than myself and serving really helps to shift my focus from that. So um, I've done a lot of things over the years, kids, coffee, cafe, youth. Worship, uh, not worship, no, um, welcome, I was going to say, but like, all of those different things, there's still the one purpose that we're here to serve others, and it really helps um, me stay connected to a bigger purpose when I'm serving. Georgie mentioned earlier that, you know, when, at times when you didn't feel like going to church, and Crystal just mentioned then about the fact that, hey, I, it's not a conversation I have, but perhaps, Dan, I'm sure you mentioned going to um, Canberra and planning a church with your folks. And I'm sure there were days when you were like, I just don't want to go to church. And there are parents who are sitting in the auditorium here possibly are facing that scenario now when their kids are saying, I don't want to go to church. What would advice would you give those parents for their kids? Yeah, definitely. I think um, the first thing I would say is, is I think there's, there's always a conversation around age and all that sort of stuff and all that. But if we remove that just for a moment and look at my story, uh, I'm really grateful for the fact that my parents, um, the rule was if you're under our house, you come to church. Um, and they always made that clear, right? And even for me growing up, even in seasons where I didn't want to go and I was going through stuff or whatever it might be, um, what it built to me is that I never questioned if God was real. That wasn't my question, right? My question wasn't, is God real, right? I kind of knew it, but it was just in the moments where I didn't want to go and I didn't want to, you know, it was my feelings, as Crystal was talking about, um, or, you know, what I was stuck in, you know, as part of my testimony, just the, the things I was doing and, and the shame that was caught up in that, um, that I wanted to isolate myself from the church and, and from God and all that sort of stuff. I was so grateful that my parents didn't let me make the decision for myself when I couldn't. Um, they went, hey, no, no, you will be at church um, because it's what we do and it's who we are. Um, and it was just a thing. They're like, no, nah, you're coming. You're coming. And even if I put up a fuss or put up an attitude, they're like, doesn't matter. You're still going to be coming, you know? Um, and for me, I'm so grateful because it kept me tethered when I wasn't going to keep yeah. me tethered. Um, when I couldn't trust my own decision, my parents kept me tethered to the house of God and, and ultimately led me to a point where the redemption actually happened in church, in a service where I didn't want to be there. So um, you never know, For I want to say for those parents who might be you're like, oh, that sounds great. Um, but you're like, that's really tough. And I know it's tough. But what I would say is that you never know when God's going to rock up. You never know when that moment's going to be. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what he's got planned. And so don't say no for God in a moment that he actually might be having for your kid. Um, So I would say um, make the decision for them. And, uh, you know, that's speaking on my story and and what I've experienced as well. Awesome. I was just thinking, Crystal, you said in the start that you've been coming for 26 years. So I'm sure there were times you didn't want to come to church. What, do you, what would you say to parents? Yeah. Um, I think how you live your life and how you talk about church yeah. says volumes. Yeah. Um, 
I'm someone where I'll pick up on a, a lot of that stuff. Like, I've not chosen to follow certain career paths because of how someone's talked about it. Like, man, I had a huge day at work. Like, I'm just frustrated. This, I can't get past this. Or, like, it does, does my head in. And, man, the way they talk about it, I'm like, that sounds like the grossest career in the world. Like, honestly. And so I think for church, it's a bit the same. So I think how we're verbally talking about it... Um, says a lot. And so I think where um, kids are seeing parents modelling a life where it's showing there's a benefit, where they're showing they're enthusiastic, where they're showing that um, um, what it's like to be a part of it in a really healthy way. I think that says volumes without you necessarily saying anything directly about it. Um, And I think as well, like for people that are highly involved or have lots of things, I think it's also separating the church piece from from some of those other frustrations. Um, I think that can go really, really far. But I would say... um, as parents, like at the end of the day, your kids do have free will. They do have a choice. And um, there's no shame in what choices they make on your parenting. I think yeah, we need to separate that and free ourselves from yeah, that. That's that's not on you. They have to make their own choices. But I would encourage you of, hey, what are your conversations about church with them or what they see you have? What do they look like? Um, yeah. Awesome. I think we'll do one more question. And I'm just thinking, I'll start with Paul. But which aspect of family... Paul, have you experienced or learned being part of the church community? Well, yeah, for me, the aspect of family that I've learned um, is that, like I said before, I was a really independent person when I came to church and I hadn't really experienced uh, like a really healthy family dynamic. So um, for me, it was like we were a, we were a family and we were together, but... Um, maybe the love or the soft softness of that relationship wasn't there. So I think God has taught me to be soft and a bit vulnerable uh, for sure. And He's also like, He's put me in um, relationship with people that are doing it well. So for me, learning um, one aspect that I am learning by being an uncle to thousands of kids in this church probably I don't know if there's a thousand kids in this church so don't quote me on that um, but I think um, he's like taught me the basic skills of like I guess um, the initial stages of like what it would be like maybe to be a parent um, and also just enjoying and um, taking up those roles as well of like the community raising a child so um, for me being part of youth group for 10 years has taught me um, how to partner with parents and partner with other people and their families and help them and I really do believe that I'm developing relationships one day that may help me in my family um, life Um, so for me yeah there's definitely the the aspect I've appreciated is examples and and people around me that are doing it well that I can glean and lean upon when one day maybe I enter that zone so I appreciate that yeah. So good. I'm a, someone that grew up in a divorced home um, and a very messy divorced home. So I was a kid that was dropped off at like a police station and picked up by the other parent and then dropped back off. And so I had a lot of change and, and chaos in, in some of my upbringing. So church for me provided a present and a stability and reliability that I was struggling to find elsewhere. So for me, it doesn't necessarily say that those family homes couldn't always provide that, um, but there were just times where it really, I really struggled through that. And so for me, I had people at church that were present for me. There were people that I could call and be like, um, hey, I've had a really hard day today. Hey, this is what it's like at 
you know, one of my parents' house. I, I just need some help. I need someone to talk to. And then I've got the stability and of people that had walked me through those childhood situations that are still here today, that know my history, that know my story, that walk side by side with me. And so I think for me, having that aspect of church, that reliability, not only reflects an incredible church, but it reflects God's character too. I, um, I grew up in a home where both of my parents were studying. They were uni students. So I had a lot of independence um, and it kind of developed a hyper-independence in me and I just wanted to do everything on my own and um, just, yeah, do everything myself. And I grew up very much being like, it's my way or the highway because I just would always do things by myself. So coming to church, I think I learned to depend on other people around me and realise that we all have a role to play um, and that people can invest in me so that I can invest in others and I don't have to do everything myself. I can call upon people to help me and I can tell people how I feel and open up and not have that fear of being shut down or being abandoned. So, yeah, I really... And that also, again, like Crystal said, reflects God's character, that I can depend, depend on Him as well and not have a fear that He'll let me down. I think for me, uh, yes, I've, I've learned a lot from the church, but when I when I was preparing for this question, the thing that came to mind is I was like, man, I, I feel like I've just learned to be a better son. Um, and what I mean by that, yes, biologically a son, absolutely. Uh, I, I see my parents way better, but when you're exposed to far more and far greater, so, so many gifts, all of a sudden you begin to learn more and more from them. And I think that for me, so to open my eyes and realize that if you approach life with a humility and if you approach people with a humility, you can learn so much from them. Um, and then as a result, it impacted my understanding of a sonship when it comes to the father as well, right? And going, how does that work? And so I think the church community for me, yes, has taught me how to walk in my purpose and all those. But when I think about myself and my vulnerability, it's, nah, it's helped me to be a better son. Um, and that's what I'm really thankful for. Hey church, can we put our hands together for our panel? Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.